Welcome back to He's on Fire podcast. He's on fire! I don't even know what to think about that game, to be honest with you. We came away with 42 points, which is always a dub for Arizona State. We held Dorian Thompson Robinson in the high-powered UCLA offense to a nearly perfect second half for the ASU defense. Came in, uh, what, scoreless it was? I'll double-check on that. And we gave them 20 points in the second corner and then nothing. I'm not mad. There's a lot of things that need to be fixed still to get to where we want to be. We may not be the powerhouse that we all want to be, right? But we are showing improvement. What do we have? Six penalties tonight, not 16. 50 yards, not 90. Not 120. Nothing like that. One costly turnover. And that was solely on DJ Taylor making a bad decision. Wasn't about scheme or anything like that. But we still don't know what's going to be happening to this Arizona State program moving forward. And I think that is why a lot of fans are very passionate about this year and right now. We will throw each and every coach and each and every player under the bus whenever we can. I promise you that. Because we just want to win. We want to go to the Rose Bowl. And we are tired of being a little brother. I got Salty and Jay coming in. We're going to talk all things ASU. He's on fire podcast. Starting now. Let's go. get that w arizona state four and one beating probably our last ranked opponent of the year i mean stanford isn't ranked usc isn't ranked utah isn't ranked maybe oregon state can jump up there you know maybe oregon state can be that last one who the hell knows in any case i'd like to bring on our expert panelists the one and only, starting off with Saltiest, AZ fan. Salty, how we doing, man? You play to win the game, right? That's what we played for, and that's what we did. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me on. What's good, Ben? Everything is good. It, it, it just seemed to kind of work out from the second corner on. I mean, we gave up 20 points in the second corner, nothing mm-hmm. in the third, nothing in the fourth. And so it just seemed like the defense kind of rolled, even though they had, I counted it up earlier, they had 80 plus total plays and we only had like 40 something. So yeah. it's ab- it's absolutely crazy. But I want to bring in my other panelists, the all-star AZ kiddo Jay himself. Jay, how you doing, Doc? I'm doing all right. Um, I feel bipolar as hell. And, but <laughs> after watching that game, but uh, good win. I I suppose so. (laughs) Dude, that is exactly where we are all at. Like, good win, I suppose. How awful it is to even speak like that. But before we get into, like, the state of the Arizona State football program and what it is, what it can be, and what it won't be, we just need to talk about this game. Uh, Salty, you and I were going off in the first half, dude. Yeah. We were tired of it. Let's talk about the first half and what you saw, even though we were up 24-23 at halftime. Let's talk about that. All right. So before we jumped on the podcast, I talked to you and I said, clearly there's not a talent issue on Arizona State. They got recruiting violations. You know what I'm saying? Like they're (laughs) they're doing better at uh, recruiting. And Antonio Pierce is one of those uh, main guys that recruited well. And, you know, we have – talent but you know he's getting popped yeah but but the thing is 
when you have talent, you need to coach up the kids to be disciplined. You know, discipline has been an issue all year long, not just this game, not the game before. It's just been every game. Like you said, it was better, right, with the penalties. But like some of the things that are happening is like, how is that happening over and over? Like extra man uh, on the field, 12 men on the field, important, just crazy mistakes going on uh and that's like uh, substitution uh, penalties substitution errors it's like that's a coaching thing you know and and it's not like it was just hey it's a one-off thing it's within that first half the reason why i was pissed personally is it's like those type of plays killed momentum right it killed drives um there's there's a chance it's not the defense but the offense right we drive down we're on the goal line situation and then we don't get in. Right. And then we kick a field goal. That kind of stuff is like what usually will kill your team. But in this case, in the second half, they turn it around. So yeah. Was I talking shit about Antonio Pierce? Yes, I was. Cause he, I don't know, man, like the, the, the coaching situations that pisses me off more than anything. When you don't have a disciplined team or a team that acts like they know the basic shit, that's when you're going to get most pissed off. But I do have to give them props for stopping the running attack. I, I don't think anybody's held them to the amount that we held them to uh, as far as points because they were averaging like, what, 48 points a game. Uh, the, the amount of rushing yards they are averaging is we held them way below that. We had turnovers that we got uh, against their team. So overall, I have to give props to Antonio Pierce, even though I was smoking him uh, on Twitter because he's a, he's a wildcat and stuff like that. But and a high school coach, but yeah, yeah. So why the thing is is like we're passionate ASU fans, and the reason why we get like that it's it's partly P- PTSD, right? Because of the history that we've had, but because you see these things happening and you're like, okay, we're going to just keep going down these same roads. But the thing that I have to point out is like, let's look back, right? Cutter couldn't win in California. Right. Right. Uh, Erickson couldn't win in Cal when it couldn't win in California. Um, Todd Graham had some success. Graham, he, he had some success, but if you think back to it, like if you look at the big picture here for what we're trying to achieve, Let's just say this game was like we had to fast forward to the end of the season. Now, if this was a game that would decide the Pac-12 South, this would have been a huge like the the feeling would have been a lot different. But it's like earlier in the season, so we don't see the bigger picture here. But I remember games where we needed to win versus UCLA. At, on the road and we didn't have a chance. Right. So the fact that we went into Cali, we did our thing. I think Trainum is so important to this team, right? As a running back, because he's been injured and he's so much better than White. It's not even funny, dude. Like his, I think he's very important to this offense. And um, I don't know. I just got to give props to this team. Even though I give Herm Edwards shit about he's like one step into retirement. The, the, the fact that they're able to go in and, and win at UCLA in this convincing mm-hmm. fashion, you got to give him props. But this doesn't mean anything if you go and you lay an egg versus like Colorado or um, I don't know, Utah or someone else, because you have to handle your business versus all those other teams to get where you want to get right. You were saying Oregon state. I think that that's like, you could lose that game because it's going to be up in, in, in their house in late, I think December, it's going to be cold. Yeah, no- November. It's going to be free. November. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to give props or props is due, man. And yeah, were we hard on them in the first half? Yeah, but I'm super happy that they got the job done, you know? I forget who said it on Twitter. They said it best. It's like, I really, really, really want this win, but man, I want this coaching staff to go away. <laughs> like, that yeah, was the yeah. perfect, perfect tweet, and I couldn't have said it any, any better. Jay, we are slowly indoctrinating you into the ASU culture of feeling like absolute shit about yourself as a person. So I want to know, what did you see in the in the really in the first half mainly? Because the second half was just a completely different ball game. And how were you feeling going in 24-23 up? 
I thought I was wasting my time. Like this was very infuriating. <laughs> yeah, like, I hate to sound so harsh, but dude, nah. it was so sloppy That's and true. like, yeah. like, like they couldn't stop the rush. They couldn't stop Robinson. Uh, what was that stupid center left tackle? Like he he ran right down the middle. Got like twenty five yards. Oh yeah, oh that like, weird for- formation. Yeah, that like, they ran yeah. was like that shit out. worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that high school like, in the backyard shit. Yeah, exactly. Like it was just dumb shit like that. And yes, we did incredibly well with not getting penalties. But yeah, the illegal substitutions and uh, the fucking before the half when he hit the ball. Oh, like, boy. what are you doing, yeah. bro? Like, like. Like I was doing like other things, and I saw that, and I almost turned off the game personally. Oh, yeah. like, I like it was just like like this is I said on my Twitter I'm like this is like Pee Wee shit like 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 mm-hmm. what's going on? So yeah, first half was just very infuriating to me. But like Jaden Jaden Daniels, I didn't have, personally have a problem. It was mostly the defense for me. Uh, they just couldn't stop anything, and like the Cardinals, they can't zone for shit. Like the first touchdown. At UCLA yeah. through, like I don't know, uh, was it Porter? That's number it two. Pier- no, it, it was Pierce. It was DeAndre Pierce. Okay, DeAndre His Pierce. Son makes it. Yeah, worse. Anto- Antonio Pierce's son. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that, but so yeah. he, like, it was man, like it was man coverage, and like I don't know if he confused the guys or he is the only one that did zone and just double team one guy, but like that just pissed me off just from the jump in it. Like the score was. 10-3 at that point, and I was already kind of over the game. So first half wasn't good by any means, but the second half, like, completely different team. I don't know what Herm did or, or what – or if he did anything. It just everybody was just mad. But the most underrated person in the last, uh, like, four games has been Chase Hatch. He is, I like, love Chase everything on, on the O-line. And, like, he is – uh, I I saw somewhere I think it was TikTok a guy was talking about him, like he's like the baddest man in college football and I was like oh uh, like he's been breaking like so many of the opponent's face masks like in the last <laughs> couple of weeks like <laughs> like he hits hard as fuck yeah. like he plays hard everybody else is playing <clears throat> at half speed like he is like the center point of this offense it's not Jaden it's not um our receiving core, like uh, it, like our running backs wouldn't have this, the success that they do if it wasn't for what Chase does, which like shout out to him. I don't think he gets enough credit, but this is the first time I've seen a uh, train him run. And he is like by far better than NFL. NFL, so, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I didn't know about him until this game. Like uh, I thought we only had uh, just Nagata and, uh, and white, but what, yeah. Yeah, but his cutbacks and like his ability to read when the uh like the line collapsing and finding those gaps. Man, yeah, dude. It, his, it, his, it was his beautiful. Cut, his cutback following Case Hatch on that one touchdown, I think it was yeah. the second touchdown of the game or something. That was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, there's it's a clear night and day difference when an NFL oh, yeah. running back is not out there. Like I love Rashad Wright. He reminds me a lot of Marion Grice, you know, like tendencies, which Marion Grice, you know, never went to the league and never panned out, obviously, because just that kind of player. But Rashad White has a nose for the end zone. The dude has speed. He catches it out of the backfield really well. He's really like that second tier running back to me, the scat back type of dude. You know what I mean? But when yeah. Chip Trainum is out there, dude's going to hit you, and then he's going to get two more yards, maybe even three after that. And he's always falling forward. It's it's little things like that that he does that is just so impressive. But I want to give you guys a little stat here. I got two of them. Possession time, 34 minutes, 42 seconds for UCLA. Arizona State, 25 minutes, 18 seconds. Plays, of the, total plays, they had – 83 total plays. Guess how many plays we had? Like 50. 51. Oh, nice. We lose time of possession. We lose plays. I mean, we lost on the total play count. We gave up a turnover. They had one as well, too. They they got more penalties and penalty yards than us. They outrushed us 197 to 172. Passing, we got them there, 286 to 235. So overall, we outgained them 458 
to 432 with about 30 less plays and 10 less minutes. That is Herm Edwards football. (laughs) That is Herm Edwards fucking football. And honestly, I don't like the style of it because I feel like it's just bitten us in the ass too many times. They came out, they made the adjustments. Ricky Pearsall, bro. Ricky Pearsall, four receptions, 132 and two TDs. That first one that he had where he caught it in the backfield, made one cut and then just went. I didn't know he had speed like that. That was nice. I mean, Zach Hill, the offensive coordinator, had a lot of good plays. There was a couple third and shorts that we were able to get. One of them where Jaden Daniels just rips off to the side just a little bit, gives Pearsall just a little bit of a like a five-yard pass. Boom, third and three converted. Kept that final drive moving where we got that final touchdown. Everything just clicked in the second half. I just I don't know what to think about this ASU team because I just feel like we're going to play Stanford next Friday night and we're going to be here right after the game Friday night that that Stanford game is just going to be an absolute blow up of a game. I mean, how many times are we feeling good about our season salty and then we play Stanford and we get blown the F out, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's why I think a lot of fans are hesitant to, cause the, the BYU loss is kind of like the epitome of like, what happens when you get high high up, right? Because ASU was far, far and above more talented than BYU. Like, when I was watching that game, I almost had an aneurysm because it's like I saw what they were doing. It was like the talent gap was so stark in between us and BYU, but our mental errors and everything else just led to that loss. That's the kind of thing when you're not mentally prepared or like a, a disciplined team, which that's why when you, you were talking earlier, it's like that first half was like, it was super hard to watch the game, you know, when you're seeing that kind of stuff and it's just very frustrating. So the thing that's going to be like the make or break for the season is if ASU can beat the teams they're supposed to, because Stanford just didn't they just beat Oregon? Yeah. OT. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, if Stanford can beat Oregon, they can beat you. Plus they beat uh and they just lost to UCLA. Well. They lost to UCLA last week, though. Stanford did. So Yeah, that's how the oh, Pac twelve yeah. works though, right? I mean, that's why this conference yeah, is so, so upside down and we'll never have a chance to be in the playoffs, you know, because Pac-12 is like one week this team beats another, and then, the, you know, you can't pick a, a team that's going to be like, yeah, that they're going to go undefeated because it, like, never happens. So will we beat Stanford? I can't tell you that. But the most important games for ASU the rest of the season isn't the Stanford game. It's like it's Pac-12 South stuff, you know? It's like, the Arizona game, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. And then USC, right? USC's down. You got to kick them while they're down. Utah's down. You got to, you know, this is like the perfect season for ASU to get to the Pac-12 championship game. And if they don't, I, they have to fire Herm, dude. I'm sorry. You have all your guys. You've been here for how many years, right? Uh, the reason why we got rid of uh, Graham was because there was a quote out there that our AD said that it you know, six or seven wins or whatever is not acceptable. We're like going for championships. So if you don't do it with all your dudes and you have everything in place, like USC is not this powerhouse and they're down. You just beat UCLA. Uh, U of A sucks. Uh, Utah is not that good. You know, this is the perfect season. So if they, they shit the bed and they don't get it done, you got to get it's, it's just it's over. I don't care. I don't I don't want to be I don't want another uh seven win season or whatever. I want right. to I want better. I you know Todd Graham had what is it? Two 10 win seasons under his belt. Went to a Pac-12 right. championship game. We got, got slaughtered. Blown out. But at least he did that, you know. So if you're trying to say that you're better than him and you let him go for better well, damn, you better at least make a Pac-12 championship game and hopefully get over the hump. That's what we all want, right? That's, so, exact, that's exactly right. I won't accept anything but that from this point because UCLA was that hurdle, in my opinion. They were the team to beat, and you beat them. So if you lose to some scrub team that you're not supposed to and you fuck up and you don't win the, the South, 
it's uh, it's inexcusable in my opinion. And if anybody listened to the podcast last week when we had Ralph Amsden on, Ralph Amsden was very, very clear and vocal saying that this coaching staff isn't coming back. There's no way he's, he even, even interrupted me. He's like, you got to understand something. This could, this coaching staff is not coming back next year, no matter what happens. So that just, that just makes everything worse. And, and we look at absolutely everything with a magnifying glass now too, because is this your season Herm where you're going to do something? Cause it's your only goddamn season that you're going to be able to do something. It's your fourth year. You need a full recruiting cycle. Well, this is it. You had all those super seniors returning. You have all that depth that you're supposedly had all those four and five star guys that you've recruited. This is it. So when it doesn't happen, knowing we get another coaching staff next year, knowing that we are like number 105 in recruiting on some sites. Yeah. We're going to get pissed. We're going to get passionate and any little thing that comes up, I'm going to fucking tweet about it. Like, are you kidding me? We're paying money to go see these games. We're paying money for, for merchandise. You know, we're the fans. We're lifelong fans. And college is way different. Uh, Salty, you went to Arizona State. College is way different than it is for pro sports, man. Because you have an actual tie to these small towns. You know, small towns in Corvallis, Ann Arbor, Champaign. We could keep going, you know. You have a personal small tie to that school. I mean, hell, a lot of these people paid money to go to schools and they didn't get a scholarship. So in some respects, they care more about the college than a lot of people do. And that's why people are passionate about college football. That's why people are passionate about Arizona State, because it's been 25 years since we went to the Rose Bowl and we've been doing nothing but hiring trash coaches and then firing them. And then doing a whole nother round of coaching searches, and then we just repeat it. And and yeah. we're pissed. And yeah. and this is it, Herm. This is it, bro. Like, this is your chance because when are we gonna be good again? We don't know. Yeah, new coaches come in. Sometimes they can, you know, hit the ground running. I mean, you have the transfer portal, which is basically free agency, and it's way different because you can get freshmen all the way down to super seniors. You know what I mean? You can rebuild your team that way to a point. It's a little bit different now, but we don't know when we're going to be good again because we don't even know what's going to be coming. Oh, what's the, what's the last date? Like d- December 1st. We don't know if we're even going to get a bull bid by then. We're four and one now, and that all looks great, but we need to get a bull bid. And how much is a bull bid even going to matter if we go to the damn Holiday Bowl again? Or the, the oh, what's the one down in El Paso? Alamo. The Alamo, yeah, like, like that shit Sun don't Bowl. matter. Sun, Sun Bowl, like, yeah, Sun Bowl. And by the time that bowl, that bowl hits, we're going to find out if Herm Edwards is out or not. So Herm Edwards might not even coach in that game. And remember the Dennis Erickson uh, Las Vegas Bowl when he got fired but still coached that game? Absolute fucking train wreck. Yeah, right? that was bad. That was bad. That was, yep. that was really bad. So we don't know what's coming. That's why we are passionate. But that's also why it makes every single win bittersweet, man. It's exactly what Jay said at the beginning of the podcast. It's all bittersweet. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for coming on to YouTube. You know, we've only had six to eight people watching on, on all Insta, Facebook, Twitter, everything. So everybody come on in, watch, give us a thumbs up, share this out. Please go to Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and like this and subscribe as well, too. Uh, getting into the kind of the rest of the Arizona State culture, Salty, we've been, you and I have been off and on talking about this basically because of the damn BYU game. But where do you see ASU kind of? just right now, big picture wise, and not just encompassing in this season, looking at the recruiting allegations and then moving forward and just all things. Uh, where do I see them? I, I was listening to your guys' podcasts, you know, when I was on, obviously, and the, the whole sleeping giant thing, I think that's comedy at this point, you know, like yep. I, I just, I've been a fan my whole life. I, I grew up literally, like two miles from ASU and just, you can hear the fireworks when they go off, right? My dad went to ASU. So it's just been my whole life, you know? So uh, I I watched that 90, you know, 96 Rose Bowl with Jake, was it 96, 97 or whatever? Yep. Um, yep. So you, you, it's just like people had this idea of what ASU could be. And I don't know. I don't know if I've like come to terms with what ASU is because at a certain point in time, 
if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's a duck, right? I mean, you could only say you can only say that it's a sleeping giant for so long when you don't ever reach that status. Then you got to question if that's actually achievable because with this fan base, it's like always been well. If we beat U of A, you know what I'm saying, then if, and we're better than them, then it's a successful season. It's like that's bullshit mentality, you know? Like U of A is just trash. Like you can't even like compare yourself to that, right? Like they are the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the barrel, right? The we're supposed to be stellar a, dweller. Yeah, like we're supposed to be a football school. And just because they haven't had a win in so long and they haven't beat us in so long, that's not really do cutting the cutting it anymore, you know? Like I don't give a shit about that. Like either you're you're just gonna be this team that's perennially like a six, seven win team and that's what you are, or eventually you're gonna have to do something to change it, right? Because we were saying like, oh, we're gonna get the new stadium then that's, you know, we're going to redo the stadium yep. and that's, that's going to change shit. And then it's the same thing, right? So everything that we say, we're going to get it, we're going to get uh, money from PAC 12 deal, right? The TV deal. That's going to change. It's just like every, all oh, the new facilities or this or that. And then it, you, you hear it's always going to change stuff, mm. but then you, you get the same results, right? Cause like in, in essence, yeah. it's like banging your head against the wall because it's like, Todd Graham, heard it, Herm Edwards, Dennis Erickson. It's like they're the same fucking guy. I mean, the results-wise, I mean, <clears throat> Graham had a couple 10-win seasons, but Erickson had a pretty good season. It's just like you have this one-off season every six years, and then the rest are just average, and that's what ASU is. It's like a, a six-win a six team or a seven-win team, and then every five, six, seven years, you get this outlier of a season, and then you, you and then you go back into that that the, the the repetitive cycle of what ASU is. So, at this point, I'm like, well, if is that what ASU will always be, or can they get out of that? And that's a bigger question in itself because I don't even know if the Pac-12 is is good enough anymore. You know, like. Alabama's dominating. The SEC is getting bigger. Like, can even can even the Pac-12 compete? You know. Yep. So, so those are all the it, big questions there, and the recruiting stuff, the scandal there, the violations, Herm's age, uh, his buddy buddy nature with the AD that hired him. He's old as well. Um, I the, just think the, there's the Bobby Hurley stuff with the AD too. If you don't yeah. know what that is, I'll, I'll get into that later. Yeah. I just think there's, it's like a bandaid over a gaping wound, essentially, you know, like we have talent this year, Word. but like it's the dams about the burst. Cause it's like Herm Edwards. I swear to God, that's what I'm telling you. Like this guy is one foot into retirement, dude. Like he's legit you see the passion on the sideline. He doesn't get excited for shit. He's not, you know what I'm saying? Like he, I just think he's too old, you know? And I don't know. Like I said, I don't like our AD. I don't like crow. I don't like, you know, our situation just feels like, like I said, damn ready to break. So if we have a good season this year, well, what does that mean for the future? You know, um, what does that mean? Because, like, I tweeted about this. I said, I don't think our quarterback is NFL ready right now. I know people are high on him and stuff, but I think him missing that year with COVID, I think he has some stuff he needs to work on, you know. Um, I think he's good, but I don't I don't think it would be the best decision for him okay. to come out this year, you know. Would you, t- would you take Jaden Daniels or would you take Manny Wilkins? Shit, I mean – Manny Wilkins, I feel like turned the ball over more, but they're pretty similar, right? I, I agree. I mean, Jaden Daniels can't throw for 300 yards to to save his life. Jay, um, thank you for being patient. You've been hearing all. You've been any podcast that you're not on with ASU stuff. You know, you've you've hit me up and you've listened to, and you're kind of hearing all of this kind of as a indoctrinated Arizona State fan. What are your just kind of thoughts hearing about this? 
process that we go through over and over and over again as Arizona State fans and coaches and just the culture as a whole. What are your thoughts on it? I'm from an outsider's perspective. I'm very curious. I like in the college football NCAAF like atmosphere. If you're not in the SEC, if you're not Alabama or LSU or Clemson, Georgia, or just uh, Georgia, Auburn, Ohio State. Like, Ohio that's State, that, Notre Dame, little, maybe like, Oklahoma. Like, yeah, it's like if 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 you're not in in that group, you're just picking up the pieces and trying to get whatever you can get. Being in the Pac-12 for the longest time, like all I saw was Oregon dominating. U- USC would have like maybe a two-year stretch of being uh, like a force to be reckoned with. Stanford, when they had Christian McCaffrey, were a really good team when Andrew Luck was balling out. Like, uh, like that's it though. Yeah, that's really it. Yeah, that's as much as I can remember. And I, and I'm not a consistent college football watcher. So if like being not necessarily the bottom of the barrel when it comes to popular D1 schools, like and like Arizona State, I like I just think personally, like like you kind of have to like take advantage of what you have now and like. If, mm-hmm. if I was in Herm Edwards' situation, like, I would try to ball the fuck out and show energy on the sideline. Like, I want to see, like, Sean McVay energy on the side. Like, but he's just sta- standing there looking like, uh, like every day I like, step two, you know? Like, yeah, like, he doesn't. He, he, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, but it's just like, like, just being just like not those big schools. Like, yeah, like the recruiting stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, it's cheating at the end of the day like uh with the whole like illegal uh, recruiting and stuff but like i think a lot of schools do that including the big schools so i'm not gonna like well nebraska did it they're getting hit for the same exact thing but yeah go on yeah so it's the like i don't like the ncaa just in general like i like i can't stand the the program but i love the sports so like uh it, like just being the bottom of the barrel like i'm not calling asu trash or anything they have a very good team but it's mm-hmm. just like like you have to take advantage of these situations we should have beat byu byu isn't star studded but they are disciplined as fuck they came the ball and it was just a slap in the face you know and i'm not even an asu fan like that so it, like but i felt it like personally so like this game was infuriating but it was very promising. And uh, who do we play next week? Stanford on Friday night. Oh yeah, Stanford. And yeah, so yeah. so Stanford, like they're disciplined as hell. Like I watched the Oregon game earlier. Yeah. Like like they're a good ass team, and like and they're not even ranked. So hey, it we just have to win these conference games, and just hope for the best because like if if ASU can get to a Rose Bowl, like. That would be amazing. I haven't seen it in my life personally. But, uh, like, I like I, I don't know. It's just, like, there's so many schools. There's so many, like, we're just trying to play catch-up. We're not going to break the top 15 just because of how crazy college football is. But, like, ASU is a really good team. And this cycle of, like, these five-year droughts and then we have that breakout season, I think just because of how – how we're not those top 12 colleges, like uh, those college programs. It, it, we just have to take advantage of what we got. And this is uh, this is this current ASU roster is get really do great things. And uh, with the uh, Jaden Daniels thing, I think like, I think he's at the Teddy Bridgewater level. Like if you put Jaden Daniels like on the Broncos, I really think he'll be balling out right now. But I mean, I mean, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater was a, a Heisman winner too. Like that's, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a complete different like echelon. And he was, Oh dude, he was uh, at Louisville that he was there and he was Lamar cool. Jackson, Lamar Jackson took over for him right afterwards. I, I, man, I remember that you brought up some really, really good points. Like that is really good insight, taking advantage of what you do have in front of you. And obviously we didn't do that. We have Stanford next week where we could take advantage of that, go 3-0 and in the Pac-12 and really take a stranglehold. It's hard to say that this early in the season, but a lot of other teams have losses and, and Utah could lose next week too. So kind of looking at the Pac-12 as a whole going into next week, 
Uh, Stanford, we just mentioned, beat number three Oregon in overtime 31-24. USC, yeah, they're down, but they blew out Colorado today, who's Colorado's not good, but it was 37 to 14 USA USC over them. Washington State beat Cal 21 and 6. I mean, Washington State's two and three. Cal is one and four. No one's worried about them. Oregon State, sole possession of the Pac-12 North, 27 and 24. But Going into next week, obviously we play Stanford Friday night. Oregon State plays Washington State. Meh. Utah plays USC. That should be a pretty good game. UCLA at Arizona. So a chance for Arizona to extend that 14, 15 game losing streak. Uh, I don't know. Definitely looking forward to that. I want to give a shout out to Roy. I think he probably just popped in for a minute to say what's going on. I appreciate you, but I just want to say I'm sorry for your Arkansas Razorbacks just getting lit up today i was rooting for them against georgia but they they got lit up today so sorry for that i hope your falcons can come out and get a dub tomorrow so arizona state comes out with a win in a god a weird and and no and no way did i ever feel like we had control of that game and not in one tick until we got the ball back with the last two minutes that's when i felt like we had control of the game it was a weird game DJ Taylor was taking the L of the game on special teams, taking the ball out from nine yards deep and six yards deep, not even getting to the 20. And then that boneheaded punt muff return or whatever that was. After that, I mean, yeah, our special teams gifted him that three points. There was a substitution penalty with 12 men in the huddle on fourth and six. They were going to punt it get the penalty for five yards. They go for it on fourth and one, and then they go and drive for another field goal. So in essence, we really only gave up 17 points and take an extra 50 yards off of that for their total offense. Then if you take away that drive. So it's like, I don't like this coaching staff. You're talking about being this. I have a saying for myself personally is talk. Don't talk about it. Be about it. And her Edwards talks a good game. You play to win the game. You know, all that BS. And then he ain't about it. He was not about it with recruiting allegations. Kyle Murphy says that all the time, a former offensive lineman for Arizona State. And Kyle, you promise you're going to come on the podcast sometime. We've been DMing. So I'm hoping to get you on maybe next Friday night because Saturdays are usually busy with the kiddos. So hopefully Friday night we can get Kyle Murphy on. That would be awesome. But we just don't know what we have from this team from week to week. And that's a problem. And if we were moving forward with Herm Edwards, I would probably be a little bit more vocal, but I think everybody expects the Herm era to be over after this season. Meanwhile, the Arizona Cardinals have a chance to go 4-0. Weird things happen on October 3rd. I was born. The the Jail Mary happened. Uh, The UCLA game a couple years ago where Kalen Balazs just bulldozed 25 yards with eight players on him to get that touchdown and win that game. Like weird things happen on October 3rd. Salty, we talked about the game last week or on our last podcast. We, I know what Jay thinks. I know what I think. What are your thoughts on Kyler Murray and company going into LA on a back-to-back road game and taking on the Rams thoughts? All right. So, I don't know if it's like good luck for me to pick against our teams because I said the ASU was going to lose is. this game. It is. It, it is. It is. It is. Because first of all, with with I learned my lesson with betting because it became legal here in Arizona. So mm-hmm. I was betting games and I just got fu- I got murdered with my bets. What was it like two weeks ago? So I was like, all right, I'm gonna retire from this shit because it's like once you think you know the NFL, you don't. Because it's just like you have these weeks where you think that you're making that pick and and it's going to be the right pick, and then it blows in your blows up in your face. Because like a good example of that was the Titans game. Even though I won that bet because I picked Arizona, I didn't think they were going to really win. And then they went in there and dominated the game. But then you see the first half of Jacksonville, and you're about to lose your mind and blow a gasket, you know. And then they come out and win the game. It's like our coach is kicking a 68-yard field goal. Like, give me a break. Like, nobody, not even someone like the dumbest player in Madden would kick a 68-yard field goal. Like, this dude, uh, uh, big brain Cliff, you know, 
he just gets owned by the Rams. And I think the the law of averages would suggest that eventually it's like a blind squirrel will eventually find a nut. That is the saying. This is the law of averages. Eventually you're going to beat a team. So, I mean, do I think they're going to go into L.A. and win? No, I don't. And I would pick against them if I was betting because uh, the Rams blew the the bricks off of uh, the Bucks, right? And I don't know how good they are this year because it's kind of – sometimes teams have Super Bowl uh, letdowns after, you know, it's hard to repeat. But the fact that they dominated that team, but we're different than the Bucks, you know, so – I don't know. I think that we match up well with the Rams. I don't know if there's like a deficiency that you could really point out and say, hey, that, you know, the Cardinals are going to get worked in this area. Zone um, running. Yeah. We I get. Mean, wor- I mean, we got worked by the Vikings. We get worked by the 49ers and Rams due to their zone house, running every single year. How's their rush attack this year? Like, I mean. I mean, Daryl Henderson, I mean, he's not Cam Akers and Sony Michelle, which is more of that third down pass catching back. But re- real quick, I got a little bit of a breaking news I want to I wanna throw out here. Todd Graham, the Hawaii Rainbow no. they beat him? coach. They beat number 18 Fresno State. So Todd Graham at Hawaii. Fresno Congrats State comes into their building, and he beats number 18 Fresno State. Remember, Fresno State? Almost beat uh, who was it? Oregon at the early earlier in the season. They almost beat UCLA. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Fresno. They're balling Fresno out this State, year, man. Fresno, uh, they were four. It's it's funny to have a, or I guess they were four and one. They beat was it? They beat UC. They beat UCLA. Almost beat Oregon. That's what it was. But Ty yeah. Graham gets that gets that juicy juicy dub. So, I mean, I guess go Todd Graham. Left lane hammer down. Right, salty. But you know. Yeah, he's a good guy. Anyway, he was a good guy. He was a great used car salesman. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, Cardinals. And no, the, the Rams rushing attack isn't all that. Everything is based on Matt Stafford, and dude is just yep. falling out. So I I don't know how we're going to stop that. Every single week that you see a Rams game, there's six, seven, eight plays where their receivers are wide open and they get 20 to 30 yards downfield just by play design. And then you add a Matt Stafford to it that can put the ball wherever the fuck he wants. I don't have a good feeling about it, but go on, please. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what would you say was the biggest deficiency? I mean, because you take you try to take advantage of mismatches, right? Generally, you would say, okay, this team has this advantage in this area, right? Because you draw it up, you have Kyler Murray's, you know, one of the top quarterbacks out there in passing yards. Um, uh, Stafford I, is as well. It's just I, I don't know I what, say, what, what would be I, our deficiency, you know? I might say there's secondary outside of Jalen Ramsey. So Jalen Ramsey is going to be covering DeAndre Hopkins, and we know from last year that D-Hop said the best corner that he faced was Jalen Ramsey, and D-Hop is a little banged up, man. He had that rib issue last, last week. It definitely looked like it hindered him. We obviously don't know how it's going to be going into this week or tomorrow specifically, but you take that out of out of there. Christian Kirk is having a baller year. AJ oh, yeah. Green looked like he turned it on. Rondale Moore is is the Swiss Army knife that we all love. So and Max anything, Williams. And Max Williams all of a Max sudden, Williams, too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So deficiency, I don't know if it necessarily be their deficiency, but it's definitely our strength is yeah, the, the extra well, wide receivers. Yeah. Last year, because Jalen Ramsey could – because Kyler Murray last year – he had a tendency to lock in on a certain player or a certain side of the field. He didn't really read the whole field or make his reads. And that's not really the case this year because we're so deep at wide receiver. He's not like DeAndre Hopkins has had games that where he caught like 50 yards or whatever, but that's not been an issue because we won, won the game, right? If green's open, you throw it to him. If Christian Kirk's open, if Max Williams open, that's the thing they can, they could decide to put Ramsey uh, on D hop, but then what are you going to do with the rest of the dudes? You know, yep. like that's the big issue. And plus our running game with Connor, I, I like Connor. I think he should be the number one back. I think that we're, we, we've done really well with the running game and that opens up like play action, you know, like if we get the run going, then it goes past and that opens everything else up. So 
I don't know. It should be interesting. What do you think, Jay? You've had some time since when oh, we really didn't. We went all NBA with Romp on Wednesday, so we really haven't talked since. I guess it was Sunday last time. Anything changed for you? Are you still all aboard the Kyler Murray and Cliff train? What's going on with you? So I, I have a few different thoughts. I mean, uh, Dennis Gar- uh, Gardet got cleared today, but yes, uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, so he got cleared today to play tomorrow. And but uh, Justin Pugh and another tackle are injured. Uh, but I the only way I see us winning is making Matt Stafford uncomfortable. Like we crash, we crash. Uh, yeah, we, we crash the line. He's not mm. uh, uh, Matt's not good with throwing uh, on the run and make him settle with the deep ball because he's old and Cup, slow. Yeah, yeah, because Cup doesn't run. Uh, run deep, Deshaun does, and uh, I forget their other receiver. Uh, Robert Woods. Yeah, Robert Woods. Yeah, they, uh, they're the deep ball guys. Cup sells for slants. I mean, he's he's good. Don't get me wrong, but like, get Matt Stafford on the run, get him out of the pocket, make him make your presence known. JJ Watt, Chandler Jones, please. And like, we just have to rely on our secondary. Really, I think our secondary is going to show out. Uh, this is uh, the like on the offensive end. Uh, Kyler just needs to be smart with his decision making. We can't waste any possessions. Like I think yeah. this game will be a nail biter. Personally, I don't think we're going to get blown out. Even if this game ends in a one score loss, and we keep them down like like less than twenty seven points, like. I, I like I say that's a plus in my mind, but like I don't know. Like I don't see us winning tomorrow. I wouldn't bet on it. But even if we do lose, we can take a lot away from this game. And this is definitely Cliff's game to shine. And I hope he doesn't do anything stupid. So like so like you're gu- you're guaranteed one or two, man. You're guaranteed yeah, yeah. one or two dumbass decisions. Yeah, like, like I don't think the run game is going to work with us at all tomorrow. I think Kyler is going to have to put the game on his shoulders. Uh, I'm only worried about Ramsey uh, d- back there, but we have so many weapons that it, even with D Hop banged up, like, like he, like Ram, uh, Ramsey's going to be taken out because he's going to be guarding D Hop and D Hop. If he's banged up, we're not really going to be targeting him like that. Right. So, so if if we have AJ Green and Christian Kirk doing whatever, and Rondell Moore running like a madman, like, like we like we have a chance and a very strong chance. If that, I hmm. I think as long as we make Matt Stafford like uncomfortable, because the last couple of weeks, like yeah, he has not had to move out the pocket at all. I wonder how many hits he's been having. Go, go ahead, I'm gonna find that out. Yeah. Yeah. So like he's been way like way comfortable. He looks like a tree stump. Like every time he snaps the ball, like he's comfortable. He, like, if we make him throw the balls that he doesn't want to too early or too late, yeah. Been sacked three three times over three games. Yeah. So, like, if we make our presence known, I think we can make him not throw the balls that he wants to, and and then it's the secondaries, like, that's in the secondaries control after that yeah so. yeah I, you, you made some really good points that i really want to touch on making matt stafford uncomfortable man if jj watt can show up and chandler jones marcus golden and company and jordan phillips i don't know if he's going to be back i mean he was he said he's eligible to come off the ir i don't know if he's actually going to play i've been busy and haven't been on twitter as much so couldn't see it if we can make him uncomfortable i trust our secondary i would love to see byron murphy covering Coop, cooper cup I would absolutely love to see that. Just take him out of the game. Uh, Isaiah Simmons can get Tyler Higby, right? You, was, I mean, you would at least assume. Then that leaves Robert Woods and Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson. And you've got guys like Robert Alford that can go in there. Our safeties are going to be helping over the top. I mean, uh, Jalen Thompson has looked so good. He's looked a little more yeah. impressive than Buddha this year, kind of because Buddha Baker doesn't have to cover up so many deficiencies this year like he did last year. So I'm not taking anything away from him. Offensively, their defensive line is a strength, especially with Aaron Donald. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would really like to see Cliff Kingsbury come out 
with quick passes, quick slants, instead of running <laughs> RPOs instead of running RPO. right up the middle or some shit, dude. I want to see our backs going to the sides and throwing out to the sides a little bit because our wide receivers have been blocking really well as well, too. So I really want quick throws, quick drop backs, all that stuff from the quarterback position. I don't think we're going to be able to run the ball, but then you add in the RPO. And okay, damn it, I'm drinking the fucking Kool-Aid now. Damn it, I'm getting hyped up for this. I was I was prepped for a loss, and now I'm thinking we have a chance. Am I stupid, Salty? Do you think we have a chance? I think they definitely have a chance, man. Like I said, it's just I think that the Rams are a more talented team. I think yeah. they're the class of the NFC West and maybe the favorite in the, the whole NFL, honestly. Hmm. Because I don't know what other team would be above them at this point. Just well-rounded. Because they're well-rounded, man. They went out and got their quarterback situation figured out. They have a really good coach. Offense is outstanding. Their defense is outstanding. So it's like they don't really, you know, they don't really have many weaknesses. But at the same time, it's the NFL and any given Sunday shit happens, you know. Like, it's a game of inches, so – you know, if it comes down to a field goal, we actually have a kicker that can make kicks, unlike uh, previous years, right? I mean, yeah. so if it came down to it, a long field goal, we might have – it might come down to that. Uh, I I wouldn't – man, I couldn't even predict if – you guys think it's going to be like a high-scoring game, low – I, I, I want to say like it's going to be 28 to 24 or something. Mm-hmm. I have I have 35-32, Cardinals in a nail-biter. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I have honestly, this game is so hard to pick. What are, what's Vegas saying right now with the line? Do you guys? Uh, good, probably Rams by seven. Uh, Rams. <laughs> you think Rams it's that high? Four. Rams Not negative four. four. Yep. The four, reason why they did, I learned my lesson about that four number, it's because if they win by three, you're fucked if you pick them. You know, so yeah, they do that. On um, purpose. The the over underline is fifty four and a half of of total points, so that would mean it. I like think I would take the under on that. 20, but... 27, yeah. 27, basically. Yeah, definitely the under. Um, man, it's it's a wild time in Arizona sports. I mean, the Suns are dope and high expectations. The only team in the Western Conference without questions. You know what I mean. The Arizona State Sun Devils are riding a little bit high right now, but I pumping the brakes a little bit. I'm hearing so many good things about Arizona State basketball and their huge roster turnover that this is definitely a positive. I'm hoping to get Kyle Dodd on the show soon. And then the Arizona Cardinals are 3-0. and Even if we lose this game, I'm not going to hit the panic button by any means. But that just Absolutely. means we, ha- we have to beat the 49ers the week yeah. after. We Andy have Brown. to go three. Yep. We have to go three and three in the division. So getting a win here just gives us that leg up. We have to go minimum three and three if we want to make the playoffs. So this is huge. Um, we're, we're approaching the hour mark here and salty. I just want to ask you one more thing. Are the Cardinals going to make the playoffs this year? Because teams that are historically three and zero reach the playoffs 75% of the time. So are we going to make the playoffs? Uh, yes, we are. Um, the reason why it's changed for me is because I don't, th- you know, the Seahawks are on the down decline. I, saw, I, think I saw your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> that salty. You see that on that screen? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury, honestly, and it wouldn't break my heart if they didn't. And he got fired to be honest, but, um, I don't know. Like, Kyler Murray is so good and like our talent on this team is so good that I don't know, it'd take an idiot to kind of mess that up. But our coach is pretty much an idiot because <laughs> his, deci- his decisions have, only, you know, like the reason why our offensive linemen are hurt, what you were talking about is because they're trying to make fucking tackles off of that 68 yard field goal debacle and they're getting their asses run over by blockers and they didn't know how to, you know, two of our linemen got hurt on that play. So it was like, I don't know. I hate Cliff Kingsbury so much that, like I said, I wish he would leave, but I I don't know. I think it's set up for them. Uh, It's a tough schedule. The next 
bunch of games is going to be tough. But I, th- I think San Francisco is kind of a fraud team, to be honest. Their quarterback yeah. situations kind of messed up there because they have the trash can uh, going at number one quarterback. Plus, they have a rookie. So I don't think that's a winning scenario for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Seahawks, like I said, I think they're finally on the decline. I think Russell Wilson's going to want out. Uh, I think they're not as good as like they have big holes on their team. And I don't know. I just don't think the Seahawks are going to be an issue this year. So some of those predictions we made earlier about the, you know, the 49ers or the Seahawks, I might want to make an adjustment on those pr- predictions. Cause we never, you know, you gotta, you gotta see what happens in the season, you know? So, uh, I don't know, man. Any, Number two team Sunday. You're right. And then the rest of the NFC, I mean, who else is going to take those, the wild cards? spot well, you, you got the, you got the packers and the bucks really right those are those are two teams dallas those is are, looking good i mean division leaders right i mean yep those are the division leaders but like for wild cards who's i mean it's coming out of the nfc west unless the nfc west absolutely murders each other i mean washington mm-hmm. philadelphia new york giants i'm not worried about them chicago no. is a train wreck minnesota i still think minnesota is pretty actually pretty good even they're though good. they have a they're one good. and two record i think they're i think go they up. can make the playoffs i think yep. they might make the playoffs. i see wild card for them yeah, yeah. sure why, yeah why not i mean but if it comes to this to the same record we beat we them have the head to head so we got the tiebreaker nice. so that's that's nice detroit sucks tampa bay's there new orleans is surprisingly fairly good atlanta's not any good carolina i think is a fake three and oh team right now but they are three and oh sadly yeah yeah denver's fake too exactly yeah exactly so i mean to me it comes down to minnesota and new orleans or carolina if one of those teams can keep can keep pushing that momentum or it's coming out of the nfc west I mean, one team is guaranteed to come out of the NFC West unless we slaughter each other in the division. Mm-hmm. So that's just my take on that. Who knows what's really going to happen every single damn week. All I care about is getting a win tomorrow, and then I can worry about the rest of the schedule. But we're about to get out of here as well, too. Jay, can you leave us with any uh, – tell us where to find you and leave us with some final words of wisdom from Jay. Uh, AZ Kiddo, J Joyce in the parentheses. That's my Twitter. Um, I talk about uh, movies, music, uh, Arizona sports, uh, literally anything. Uh, it's kind of like my conscience in a sense. Uh, <laughs> some words of wisdom uh, uh, to all the ASU fans. Like, take what you can get coming from someone that doesn't watch a lot of college uh, sports. Like, like as like. ASU is such a popular college, but we just don't have the recognition as a Ohio State, Notre Dame, Clemson. Like, so whatever you have, like, really embrace it and take what you can get. This is a great cast, a great roster. So take it as you will. For the Cardinals fans out there, I think this mm-hmm. game is going to be close. And I'm crossing my fingers like i this has been such a long week for me i like i've never been so like flustered for a cardinals game like before like I, i've just been thinking about this game like crazy like this this will show what cliff can do and i'm hoping oh yeah i'm hoping this is his brilliant game because he he's heating up he hasn't had a brilliant game yet like the tennessee game was probably his best game i i i'm just hoping he plays a clean game tomorrow. Kyler, please don't throw two stupid interceptions like you have been doing. But oh, yeah, dude, Jesus! <laughs> like I, I, I'm really pulling through uh, for tomorrow. Uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter and you'll see my reactions and stuff like that. So. Well, I'm sure we'll be texting back and forth. I'll probably hit up Salty a few times, too. It's going to be crazy for me. I've got my son's birthday party from 11 to 1 tomorrow, and the game is at 2.05, I think. So I'm hoping I can get home just in time for kickoff, and I'm really excited for this game tomorrow, as everybody is in in the Red Sea, Bird Gang Nation, whatever you want to call it. So uh, go ahead and hit the like, subscribe. Thank you for everybody watching He's on Fire podcast and those tuning in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Playlist, and Anchor. Please donate to the podcast if you so choose to. 
I'm going to be back on 49ers Cutback this week for Quest for the West on Tuesday. Check that out. I'll be tweeting the links. We are going to be back tomorrow night with Amit and Jay. Maybe we'll hit up Salty depending on if the game goes well or not because this is this is a really big game. So ch- come check us out tomorrow night, 8.30 local Arizona Valley time. We're also going to be back next Wednesday and then next Friday night for the Arizona State stanford game and can they take on the momentum you guys thank you so much for uh coming in uh really appreciate everybody tuning in watching salty thank you so much for coming in jay joyce thank you for coming in i'm very happy with the way everything went tonight arizona didn't play that means they didn't get a win right arizona states 2-0 in the pack 12 we got dub we're number one on top He's on fire podcast.